1: Hello everyone, welcome back to of biz Overtime on roto Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I am joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Roto-Biz Overtime, also the co-host of the Stadium Bananas, along with Ben Gretsch, which hopefully you are all, all subscribed to that feed as well, getting great content that is coming out from sean and ben but sean today we have a fun topic we're going to dive in and look a little bit at who potentially could be this year's james connor so really looking forward to doing that but as we start off the show we are uh, i guess we'll say we're in draft season it's gonna be a long draft is this gonna be the longest draft season of all time sean it's gonna be the best draft season of all time so we'll see where we
2: go from here but one of the fun things about having such robust environments in which to draft Great tournaments with the FFPC with Underdog is that you have a chance to already start to build your strategy, not just for the summer, but for the fall. Looking ahead to what are some of the best zero
1: running back options in 2022? Yeah, so we're going to jump into it today. So the question did come in. We've been looking for listener questions. If you do have listener questions, send them my way either on Twitter at ireland or email them in at rotovizradio at gmail.com. This was a question, though, that came in from a listener and it was around the fact that last year we were pretty much all over James Conner maybe to an extreme extent when it got to to one point in terms of uh, exposure and how many times we were drafting him throughout last offseason but it started off in terms of Chase Edmonds was there James Conner came in on a a contract and then we were looking at how that was going to play out we were looking at it being a high scoring offense how things would develop with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals Things looked very good for James Conner starting out. We talked often on the show about how good Chase Edmonds looked in terms of explosiveness, but in terms of how that season progressed and how it went on and being a red zone weapon, I don't think any running back, probably outside of Cordell Patterson, really had that extreme upside For the midpoint, uh, pretty much all through the season, and at the end, we did get Devin Singletary, who we may touch on today. Spoiler alert: we might also get Rashad Penny thrown in there as well. But those guys really come on strong at the end of the season for our teams. But looking at who could potentially be that James Connor, the guy that is going, I guess, in that eight, nine, ten, eleven, maybe even a little bit later range, though. That each and every time you're drafting, if you're going zero RB, this is a guy that you need to get on your roster for 2022 and you know, James Conner this year is going kind of in those first three rounds. And you often talk, Sean, who are looking at dynasty drafts, is where are some of these players going or looking at it from a dynasty perspective? Who are the players who are in round three this year, who could be in round one next year to try and get that extreme value in the first couple of rounds. But when we're looking at these guys in the you know ninth, 10th round, we're hoping that next year they're going to be third, fourth round picks. And that's kind of what just happened with James Conner in this instance. But when we look down through the list, we are going to start off with a guy who was heavily involved last year on our rosters, who had a really strong season. I'm going to run through a list of names here of the candidates so you'll have a straight-up idea of who we're likely to talk about today and who is on our radar for this kind of candidate in 2022. We have Devin Singletary, we have Chase Edmonds, we have Melvin Garden, Rashad Penny, James Cook, Ronald Jones, Rashad White, Kenneth Gainwell, and Tyler Algier when you're getting down there quite deep with the rookies. But Sean, I'll let you pick which one you want to kick off with. That is in terms of ADP, how I've listed those out. But I'll let you jump in and, and see who's kicking off the list here for Sean. So, Colin, we start off here by looking at what we had in James Conner
2: and why we were on him last year. We talk in the Zero RB article, we talked during the shows throughout the year that there are certain running back profiles that either consistently outperform or have contingency-based upsides to where having exposure to them is going to give you some backs on your roster who you then come through and score a lot of points at a price where they've dramatically outperformed ADP and even allowed you to draft those wide receivers and tight ends early and come through with a super roster. Now, 2021 you know, raises our expectations. Again, it was a very good season for zero RB. We had guys, like you mentioned, With Connor and Patterson, Leonard Fournette scoring a ton of points during the regular season, and then we come through at the end. The two highest scoring backs in the fantasy playoffs: Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny. You have Sony Michelle kind of getting in there in fifth or sixth place. When you have that combination of you know later round backs who make such a big impact, people are going to be very excited about doing this in 2022. We do see the influence of that in drafts that are currently going on. One of the things that we talk about is that this is pretty consistent in terms of this type of performance. And yet we wouldn't necessarily expect there to be so many guys that have such a big impact as they had in 2022. So we want to keep our expectations in check as well. But 2022 is going to give us a lot of great options. We looked then at why were we on Connor specifically. And you have this player with an elite season in his past. Some of his peripherals had still been strong. Even though, one, he'd gone through a lot of injuries and hadn't scored You know, nearly the same number of points as a result. And then number two, he'd been in this offense that hadn't been as high power as it was during his peak. And now he was going to Arizona, where we expected them to score a lot of points. We'd seen Kenyon Drake do that. And I mean, Drake has some good things to you know his package as a running back. Some years he's been solid as a receiver with the Cardinals. He punched in a lot of short yardage scores. But the opportunity and the situation there for Connor gave him a potentially valued standalone type of role. You combine that with his price, and then you combine it with a pers- the possibility of Edmonds going down. Again, not something we're rooting for, but you know that these backs do get injured, and that's what did happen. Now, in some ways, we were wrong about this because Connor was actually not quite as involved as we had hoped early. Chase Edmonds looked very, very good. One of the reasons why he would now potentially be on the list there in a situation in Miami. But we're also looking at this from the perspective of price and these types of committees. And one of the things that we've also seen historically is that when you get these two backs who are sort of centered in this area, maybe it's rounds eight to 12, that type of range. When the ADP gap... Is somewhat minimal and especially then for the second player in that group we often see very very good win rates now it's not something where i'm necessarily always taking the second guy but even a round or two discount can be helpful and that's one of the reasons that we were wrong connor that actually looked like it might be a mistake for a while and Edmonds had also been cheap right and so that was an effective way to play it until he got hurt fast forward a year and now you know as you mentioned james connor is being drafted in the third round I really like him. I'm probably higher on him than a lot of analysts. I think he's going to take more of the workload than he probably should. I think the Cardinals are going to have a hard time pulling back there. And yet at his price, I mean, he's not really a viable option. So one of the things that can be hard when you're this zero RB manager is that these guys blow up and the next year. You can't have your favorite guy because the price doesn't support it at that point which brings us back to who's the 2022 James Conner and of those guys calling the three names that immediately jump out to me are Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones. Probably not a huge surprise to listeners, but we'll kind of go through why we like those players. A couple of other names that stand out, Kareem Hunt, someone who, you know, you don't have this Clustering of him and Chubb kind of right in this range. Chubb is obviously much more expensive. I would expect him to be the guy, but there are definitely scenarios. I mean, Kareem Hunt continues to get less expensive. He is getting older and more injury prone. You know, he might face more pressure from some of the backups even behind him. So we can understand why his ADP has kind of gone in the direction that it has. And yeah, that's a pretty interesting one. And then in many ways, Melvin Gordon is a back who if you're talking about sort of a handcuff perspective and coming through in the way that Connor did last season with the Cardinals and Melvin Gordon is good. And it looks like the Denver Broncos are going to have a very strong offense could put up a lot of points. The issue there is just that it does look like Javante Williams is still the way to play that. And so from that perspective, we're probably getting more of our shares early. If you're building an anchor running back build, or even going a little hyper fragile, if you're looking at underdog, and you're saying, okay, well, I've got one of these first three or four picks. I can take a running back at the beginning because maybe a wide receiver is sprinkled in there by another drafter, come back through Williams, come back through Barkley. That type of build is going to be one that's hard to resist, even for zero rb managers. McCollum, we'll Singletary, Penny, Ronald Jones, they really look like guys who could essentially do it again, and they've done it before
1: yeah no i think they really could be and something i don't know if you agree with this but when i'm looking at these backfields and you're looking at the situation i think a lot of people want to have somebody who's guaranteed to have all the work and you kind of hinted at that there like maybe james Conner's is going to get more work than he actually can handle this year and sometimes that ends up being the reason that these guys get injured but what you want is the high value touches and you touched on the fact that russell wilson is now with the denver broncos that should lead to this offense getting into the red zone more often we should be getting more touches inside the red zone then for all of the offense hopefully in in general but when we look at some of the guys then that we're targeting like James Conner last year it was a case where it was Connor and Edmonds and I know we love you know Benjamin Sean but it was really Connor and Edmonds that were there and then we're going to see a high-powered offense with two running backs who are going to get those opportunities then to get touchdowns and you're drafting them in the ninth or tenth round we're seeing that again with Singletary this year and these players kind of fit the profile that we're looking at in terms of their overall athletic uh, ability their college production of what we're expecting them to do in the nfl but i think what's interesting this year with the likes of penny with singletary is then the rookies that have been drafted so these felt like guys who may have you know been going four or five rounds earlier but the rookies that were drafted in james cook and also and uh, kenneth walker have obviously knocked down their adp a little bit so these they finished the season as, ha- as hot as kind of humanly possible and then we it might be a little bit of a discount now the rookies may come in supplant them and get that job but what we're, what we're looking at as as those offenses in general and how things would play out now out of the offenses that we've touched on the one that i have been most concerned about is the seahawks and i think that hurts penny a little bit but i have to think that the buffalo bills are going to be one of the best teams in the nfl this year i think the uh you touched there in the broncos i think they're going to be one of the the stronger offenses and the other thing with the broncos is they are going to be in shootouts because that offense is going to be or that division sorry is going to be fantastic interesting to get your take on the Singletary versus Cook element of things because last year at this time we were very much in the same boat with Singletary versus Moss and we were kind of taking the option who was less expensive in most occasions and their ADP did fluctuate throughout the offseason what are some of your thoughts on James Cook coming in as a rookie and Devin Singletary Um, because at the moment there is literally you know about a round between them in terms of adp
2: michael dubner and i just selected james cook in the underdog draft that we're in where we did start with a very heavy zero rb approach and we're excited to have him there and this is another situation where i do think that you want to get as much exposure as you can to both guys because the prices are pretty crazy for each of them individually it's also a case where i've got a lot of kenneth walker in the early going we'll see where his price goes i expect it to rise i expect reports like we're already getting from the seahawks where rashad penny is hurt right one of the things that's kind of funny as you do these off-season drafts is you will have situations where individual players will fall quite a bit and <laughs> you're thinking just why well, i didn't think that in the middle of may i was going to have to go look up the player to make sure there's no news that's driving this you know these guys are not going to be hurt as they're out sitting on the beach or, or doing their normal workouts now obviously that's not the case we had the unfortunate situation recently with tarot cohen where uh, he was injured may have ended his career obviously these guys are working out all the time and that does come with some risk but Considering the background that Penny has for him to be nursing a hamstring injury here in the offseason, sort of crushing for anybody who is hoping that he can build on what he did last year. The great thing about these players is that as long as you're playing both sides of it, the prices will allow you to do that and you're almost certainly going to come out ahead one way or the other if you're thinking to yourself well i need all of my picks to rise to a certain level then the roster construction actually isn't exactly what you need because you're probably building in too much floor not enough ceiling into these individual picks so we like the rookies i think that is a solid way to play it walker obviously a much better prospect than cook but in a far worse situation so cook someone within this buffalo bills offense that you do want to have some exposure to at the price he's expensive i think in rookie drafts when you look at what he's likely to do for you and what the risk is you know he's not that expensive in redraft considering what he could give and that the downside if he busts or if they don't really use him in the offense or if they don't use him as a rookie and his values goes down is different in redraft where it's not going to kill your team if you're selecting him in dynasty it's a situation where i mean you've more or less burned a first round pick now it's a late first round pick probably but That part of it, as you're trying to continually put together a team that not only wins in the current year and to draft running backs in rookie drafts, you need to think that they're going to have an impact, but that also builds that trade value. It kind of brings up a fun note, which is that if you're trying to get exposure to these players because you do have some interest in them, you can actually do that across formats. One player I think that jumps out, for example, is TJ Hawkinson, where his underdog ADP is so appetizing that if you're playing a pretty healthy amount of both ffpc and underdog you might actually lean to underdog to get him either way if he breaks out he's going to have a big impact for you but you lessen your risk by taking him in that underdog format
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: Getting back to these two guys column i think that the starting point for the discussion is just to familiarize ourselves with how singletary and penny did what they did and trying to decide if we think that sends a positive or negative signal for this upcoming season and so one of the things that you can do and, and singletary was actually a guy and melvin gordon as well who Featured in my article last season, sort of as a, a promo piece for our new, at the time, Advanced Stat Explorer, going through and looking at some players who had some excellent peripherals and were not necessarily being drafted in that way. Sony Michelle, another back in that group, and, and he came through there at the end of the season and also scored well for us. But Singletary and Penny last season finished third and fourth in evasion rate, and that's behind Javante Williams and Ernest Johnson. The two guys are two of the only three backs who are above 10% in both broken tackles and forced missed tackles. So you have this element where they can get through the tacklers. You have this element where they can beat the tacklers. Obviously, we've seen both of them create yards after that point, which is very helpful. You want the big play after you force the missed tackle, not just to beat that guy and then kind of get lost as you're floundering around and you know making it look like you're doing a lot, but not actually running forward, right? These guys can create yards. We really like that Devin Singletary, 22% evasion rate in 2020, where he was second only to Nick Chubb. And that season, again, he's one of only a couple of guys to be above 10% in both broken tackles and forced missed tackles. The other two players on the list that year were Nick Chubb and JK Dobbins. So again, in, in this pretty elite group, right? An excellent NFL running back. Now, one of the things that you do get with Singletary from time to time is people will tell you, and it was part of the conversation that Ben and I had uh, yesterday as it related to some of the chiefs running backs, says yeah they're not facing heavy fronts there's defenses begging them to run and there are going to be times when you think well singletary should do even more when they're doing that but i mean he's an above average nfl starter and we saw that down the stretch of last season right he finishes with four consecutive rb1 weeks five of his seven touchdowns were in those weeks So, that's something that kind of raises a red flag for people who are looking at sustainability and looking at how he's going to be, especially now that James Cook is in there. And we do get this interesting kind of contrast then in terms of how that happened. His snap percent goes from 54% to 79%. Obviously, he's on the field, Zach Moss is on the bench. That gives him a chance to get in there and score those touchdowns. His targets actually drop from 3.2 to 2.8 per game. So, The point here I would say is that Singletary is being drafted as a guy who has a slightly more narrow path to scoring a lot of points than a bunch of the folks ahead of him. So that part of it makes sense. He is a player who is a good runner, and if the Bills will use him in a similar fashion to last year, he's going to score touchdowns not at the rate he did at the end, but also better than the rate he did prior to that, when he was basically not scoring at all, right? You look at singletary you also look at penny who had four rb1 finishes in the last five weeks and only averaged 1.4 targets is that both of these guys were actually doing it without big contributions as receivers and so for singletary i think that he can actually lose some of those touches to cook and still be very viable as long as cook isn't so electric and singletary is so disappointing as a runner that you then start to seed some of the other snaps and i think that's the concern that's one of the reasons that we often draft the rookies is that our idea is: look once the guy gets in there he's going to be so good that it's hard to keep him on the bench for the other parts of the role and so there's a, a strong thesis i think for cook especially if you're a big believer in cook that he could do that but one of the reasons that i like these two guys at these prices is that you can see scenarios in which they could actually build out some of the touches that they didn't have last season singletary was among the league leaders in routes at the running back position but was very ineffective as a receiver and so that would suggest to you okay it makes sense that they originally went after jd mckissick it makes sense that they went in the draft and tried to get a receiving back it'll be interesting to see how that plays out we know that josh allen superstar quarterback perhaps not the quarterback that you're wanting if you're counting on running back receptions because he can extend plays with his legs run for those first downs but big picture we're looking at penny and singletary as guys who were very good last season penny 3.7 yards after contact leaves the nfl he's one of only player four players with at least two yards before contact and three yards after contact right i really like to see both sides of that equation especially in an offense where maybe they're telegraphing that you're going to run, which the Seahawks do. The other guys on that list, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, I mean, you're talking about the stars, not surprisingly. And with Penny, again, I, the, the talent isn't in question, right? He averaged 5.3 yards per carry across his first two seasons. And yeah, I mean, he missed a lot of time, but that's still 150 carries, right? He's a guy who creates explosive plays. He's going to be an efficient explosive runner for you if you can stay on the field and so I like the combination of these backs I think you can draft both sides of this for the Seahawks one of the things that we are still looking at is will it end up that Baker Mayfield is the QB down there you know will that give a boost to the offense I I think there are some scenarios here where the Seahawks are a little better than people think either with Mayfield or just because Geno Smith goes out there and is actually decent not not great but We know that the backs are going to be heavily involved that has pluses and minuses, but they do have this element where with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, even if the passing game is not awesome, it could be tricky for defenses to really completely key on the running game. You just have so much talent out there at wide receiver. So I like that element of well as well, as long as the Seahawks players are being priced as though the offense is going to be a complete train wreck, which is more or less what we're seeing right now, then You have a little bit of room to win that in that the, granted, more likely scenario, but also the downside scenario is is already where we're pricing these guys.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that as well. The Seahawks, we're not expecting, they'll be better than maybe people are giving them credit for, but they aren't going to be a high-powered offense. I think that's a step too far, but we talked about Singletary. I think that's high-powered. I think the Broncos are going to be high-powered. The other two offenses that there's two running backs here that we're going to touch on that I think are going to be high powered are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Rashad White is somebody who we're very excited about when he got drafted. Obviously Leonard Fournette's there. And the other guy that's there was in Tampa Bay last year. And we were very much on the Ronald Jones side of things when Leonard Fournette obviously had a fantastic season last year. So are we ready to go back in again with Rashad White versus Leonard Fournette? And then Ronald Jones lands in Kansas City. Couldn't really be in a better situation, but may not be you know it might just be a case of Ronald Jones never puts it together at this point that that could be the case but those two guys at their current ADP at uh, Ronald Jones going you know around the the 10th round range and then uh, two rounds later for Rashad White's which I think is is quite interesting when he's down there with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay what's your thoughts on, on those guys as potentially the the 2022 James Conner well White is such a dynamic prospect
2: even though He appeared to be very controversial. A lot of scouts, a lot of teams very low on him, but probably not only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were high on him, right? I mean, one of the reasons they selected him there is they had a sense that there were at least a handful of other teams very interested. It only takes one team to get in there and get your guy. And so from that perspective, they did the right thing. They go out there and get a player who has athletic, who can be a receiver. You like those elements of it. Fournette is so ensconced in this offense that i think that he will be the guy i think that white is looking a little bit more at an injury and to be drafting handcuffs especially inexperienced handcuffs in this range can be sort of tough but the upside obviously there i would like him ahead of other handcuffs in the same range like an alexander madison where i think madison could actually lose even some of the backup work this season now white could as well but he also has this ability to go out there and absolutely blow up be a top 10 running back at that price you're looking at that i don't know that, that necessarily puts him for me into the same conversation with connor as someone who had standalone value was an established veteran looking a little bit at a bounce back and so from that perspective i think ronald jones is kind of our guy and like, that's not going to come as a surprise to any Jones listeners is our guy. right <laughs> but 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 you know you can't just blindly go after this player who you've drafted in the past and has some athleticism and you're like what one of these times you know we're going to hit on this I, I was kind of joking uh, with my sister the other day talking about the college softball results the ncaa softball Tournament is ongoing. Our Arizona Wildcats had a big upset in the regional round. So that's pretty fun. They now get to play in the super regionals. Probably at least, you know, three or four listeners out there who who maybe are college softball fans. And the the way that I think this kind of relates is that I'm always saying that Arizona is going to the next season take a jump to be like the greatest offense in college softball history. They're very, very good, right? So taking a jump from where they are would put them up into that range. So from that perspective, it's not completely and totally ludicrous, but, you know, I was making the the case that since I predict that every year, then, you know, there was going to be a stop clock element to this where, you know, sometimes you're right. And she kind of looked at me with a gleam in her eye and said, if you were right twice a day, that would be a big improvement, which i thought was the perfect response not only for that but for some of these fantasy football things right because you know if you were right occasionally on ronald jones that would be a big improvement but i think there's a chance we'll be right on ronald jones in 2022 and one of the points that that ben made yesterday as we kind of talked about uh darrell williams signing with the cardinals and what that might mean for both teams is that now that there's this possibility that jones actually gets involved a little bit in the passing game. And I think that, you know, at this point, people are going to roll their eyes and say, we've seen Ronald Jones trying to go out and catch passes. He's not good at any aspect of it. You don't even want him on the field because if he's not in a route, he can't block the guy who's blitzing, you know, leave that alone. Just argue that he's a good running back. And that's probably true. At the same time, this is a guy who did have 40 plus targets in 2019 and 2020, right? In 2019, 41 targets, 309 receiving yards. Only Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler averaged more yards after the catch that season. And I mean, you think Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, the ball in their hands. Those guys are unbelievable. Now, the main thing that I'm probably doing here is just cherry picking out fun stats about Ronald Jones. And so that should be the first thing that we consider. <laughs> but the point goes back to if you have a team, and, and that's pre-Tom Brady there, right? If you have a team that's willing to use him in the way that makes sense and wants to take advantage of his strengths and mitigate his weaknesses as opposed to bench him for his weaknesses, then there's pretty crazy upside because there are only a handful of backs in the NFL who are as good in space as Ronald Jones, and that does matter, right? In 2020, he was, so that's the following year, the first year with Tom Brady when they actually let him be a runner, third in yards after contact per attempt entire nfl trails only nick chubb and derrick henry i mean if you're behind chubb and henry in that if you're behind cook and eckler in the other category i mean those are leaderboards that you're glad to be on and then we kind of go back to well one of the reasons that we were on james Conner was because that arizona cardinals offense was going to score a lot of points and you know one of the things that we saw one of the reasons why williams is someone who intrigues people is that Even with what I would say is a limited athletic profile and limited ability to impact the game, we did see him do some things and score some fantasy points in Kansas City because it actually is a very favorable environment despite what the performance of Clyde Edwards-Alaire would have us believe. The Chiefs are going to score a ton. If you have a decent running back in there, you could just have an avalanche of points. Now, saying that you could have that, isn't the same thing as that will happen. So then we go back to price and we see that Ronald Jones is going, you know, in the one twenties and it's a pretty good bet to make at that point. It's not something where we, (laughs) we want to do the, the Rojo hype train to where it raises his ADP after out of that range and creates more risk for us. Right? So if we can kind of maintain this sort of skeptical appreciation or skeptical enthusiasm for him and have him go in the same range he's going now, He could be a very exciting part of your build as you put it together. I just want everyone to be price sensitive as they're drafting him and aware of the fact that obviously I've picked out some of the big positives for him. The big negative is just that he was benched by his team and they didn't have interest in bringing him back. And now he's got to go prove this for
1: a second squad. Yeah, no, that definitely is part of it. So I know basically what we're trying to say there is we're doing this podcast. If people would not draft him above ADP for the rest of the summer, that would be very beneficial. If Pat Crane or Pete Overzett are listening, don't be hyping him up on, on Ship Chase neither. That'll help us out a lot as we continue to to draft him. But yeah, look, Ronald Jones is so exciting as a player, but it, it just hasn't fully clicked and um this is a a chance that that all just comes together in a a perfect scenario. So we'll see what happens with him in Kansas City. But that was fun to run through those. I did mention at the start the kind of list that I went through. Kenneth Gainwell is on there as well. Sean and Ben did some great conversation around Kenneth Gainwell a week or two ago, talking running backs over on Stadium Bananas. I would head back and check out that. But we will be talking about Gainwell throughout the rest of the offseason. There'll be lots of conversation around these players. Really enjoyed going through that today and diving into some of these Uh, you know prospect zero rb candidates i guess we'll say sean will be doing the article throughout the the summer and then the list will come out um, in august time and i think we're kind of maybe getting a sneak preview into some of his thoughts here with the players that we talked about today but if you have any suggestions for shows like this we've had a number of different ones have come in regarding who might be you know the debo samuel for this year that i think it's a a fun theme maybe to, to drop in throughout the off season but send any topics or questions that you do have over my way on Twitter at overtimarland or rotobizradio at gmail.com, and we'll get them slotted in to some upcoming shows. But Sean, going to put you on the spot. One name from that list who you think has the most upside in 2022? The most upside and the most downside both go to Ronald Jones. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to to sum it up to finish things off uh, we did mention during the show the ffpc we will be doing lots of drafts over there their website is myffpc.com. be sure and check them out if you haven't done so already absolutely tremendous platform and myself and sean along with blair andrews were fortunate enough to come in second place in their basketball tournament last year so we're hoping to beat that this year uh, connor odriscoll did take that one down just ahead of us Writing some great content up on Roadways.com. If you want to get access to all of that content up on the website, you can get a ten percent discount using the promo code RV Radio Twenty Twenty Two at checkout. That gets you ten percent off. Gets you access to all of the content and all of the tunes. The two that Sean talked about today, um, you know, the stat explorers and so on, they are all available with that RotoViz NFL pass. Once again, that code is RB Radio 2022. The last one to give a shout out on today's show is Underdog. If you are playing over at Underdog, if you use the code RotoViz while signing up, they will give you a 100% sign up matched bonus up to $100. Once again, that code is RotoViz. But myself and Sean will be back on Saturday with another podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. It's always great to bring these shows to you. Hopefully you have enjoyed it. Until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis at a discount through the Road of Radio homepage, Rodovis.com forward slash podcast.